Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of everything to touch on. Um, really, a rundown of all the sports. We've got some basketball news to hit on. We've got the opening round of the NCAA tournament for men's hockey, so we'll touch on that a little bit. We've got some news with volleyball, some unfortunate news for them. We've got some news from football. You know, the Badgers hired a new assistant coach for the running back room, and we've got a QB position preview review. We've been doing all those position groups with March Madness and in the end of basketball season, it kind of got delayed. We've got one left to hit on. So before we get into spring football next week on our episode, we'll, we'll hit on the, the QB room, kind of re preview and review that, um, from this past season before focusing in solely on next year. So plenty to get to a nice rundown to send you guys into the weekend, uh, covering kind of everything going on in Wisconsin athletics. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. We've got uh, Paul Chris making tremendous hires. We've got uh, lots of changes on the basketball team for for next year. I, I think we've got plenty to talk about. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah, we've got a lot to get to. It's nice to to kind of get this all you know, ironed out. There was so much. It seemed like so much news the last couple of days. We really weren't planning on doing this episode, and then you know you texted me late last night, and it's like, yeah, we there's so much to kind of get to. Um, around the Wisconsin sporting world right now, even when it seems like it'd be a slow period. There's stuff happening, there's stuff going on. I know you guys like it when we cover it. So we'll get to a little bit of everything on today's show. should be nice and fun. We'll start with basketball because I think that was some of the big news, and then we'll end it with football and have some stuff in between. Basketball, we'll, we'll start Trevor Anderson uh, announcing that he's entering the transfer portal. I'm um, going to be moving on from Wisconsin, of course, started at Green Bay. So uh, a guy that maybe could be a transfer in state somewhere. What did you make of him? I think, you know, people were maybe expecting him to come back just given he could be part of the rotation, possibly, you know, a starting point guard next year. Didn't work out. And now the Badgers will have even more minutes to fill in uh, 2021, 2022. Yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of people were, were kind of surprised just because, Wisconsin doesn't have a lot of guard depth coming back next year, so I would imagine he, if he did come back, he would have he would garner similar minutes to what he does this season. I still think Chucky Hepburn will probably be uh, point guard number one next year, regardless if Anderson came back. But the, I think it's it's a great move for him if he's really just looking to earn more playing time, which probably he wasn't going to get extended run with the Badgers. It wasn't going to be something where all of a sudden he turns into into a 25-minute-a-game type guy. But maybe UW-Milwaukee, a little bit closer to home, um, would be a good spot for him. He, he's a tremendous player. I mean, you look at it, Mr. Basketball in high school, he, he shared that with his teammates, uh, with one of his teammates that we don't need to talk about, and was one of the most prolific players in, in the past, you know, 10 years in the in the state. So, you look at it right now, and I think it's a great move for him if he's wanting to get some extra playing time, maybe earn a scholarship elsewhere. Um, and for the Badgers, it really just is more of the same as now more and more of these guys have, have shown that, hey, they're not coming back. We had earlier in the week right away, Demetri Trice. Then we had Aline Ford, Nate Reavers, Micah Potter, 
Um, it's, it's the, the list goes on at this point and you can definitely tell that right now it's going to be a completely different roster. And, oh, I've forgotten Walt McGrory as well. He, and he just committed to South Dakota. Um, so there's, it's going to be a very different team next season. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who kind of gets those, some of those minutes, you know, these young guys coming in, you know, of course you've got the Davis brothers that played, you know, sparingly this year. Trevor Anderson, I think, was a likely candidate to come back and, like you said, get some minutes. I don't think he would have probably, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why is that I don't think he would have gotten the minutes that he wanted. Um, you know, I, Trevor Anderson, I, I think, is a talented player, but sometimes he gets <laughs> he gets going a little fast sometimes, and I just don't know if he's a guy that is is ready for that type of minutes. Hopefully, he can go somewhere else and kind of hone in his skills and and play more and maybe work that things out. I think when he gets out there with Wisconsin, sometimes. He seems like he's moving 100 miles an hour and uh, can kind of get over his skis a little bit. But I thought he would be a guy that could be in a similar spot to the rotation next year. You mentioned Chucky Hepburn. I know you're looking towards the future next year. A lot of new younger guys. So he's probably going to be a guy that gets more playing time. But Trevor Anderson could have been a guy that was part of the rotation. Unfortunately for the Badgers, that just isn't going to be there. But in the same regard, that opens up you know some more minutes for somebody else. Next year, it might have some growing pains. But there were growing pains kind of this year with a, a big group of seniors. So it, it's it's definitely disappointing when you see all this turnover. But at the same time, it's going to be a fresh new start for this Wisconsin basketball team to get some new blood in there, see what they've got from some of these recruits. And, I mean, as much as Trevor Anderson brought some to the table, you kind of knew what you had with him there. So maybe at least now you get the opportunity to see some young guys get some run. For sure, and I, and I know at least for me, I'm very excited about that. It should be a little bit different brand of basketball. Um, probably won't be as skilled, or I mean, it'll be just as skilled, but it might not be as refined. We might see some growing pains happen next year. At least I would assume that they will in that youth movement. But I think you, you look at what they have coming back, whole host of freshmen, right? Like it's, they're going to have one sophomore basically in Tyler Wall as their upperclassman. And, and now that's under the assumption that Brad Davison doesn't come back, which it, it seems like if everybody else is leaving, he's probably gone too. But, um, I think the other fascinating part here is where do they go? Do they add some people from the transfer portal? These past few days, there's been such a huge, huge outpouring of transfers. I know Greg Gard made some comments that, um, people were either very much for or very much against, uh, based on, on your stance about the, the portal and how, um, younger players are kind of shifting and what that means for perseverance. But, I think the biggest thing is Wisconsin has an opportunity to bring in a couple guys, maybe a couple grad transfers. There's so many players that have ties not only to the state of Wisconsin, but also to this Wisconsin program that they recruited hard out of high school that don't have any ties, but rather would be really good fits. So I think there is a chance that you might see the Badgers explore the transfer portal a little more than normal this season, just because it's going to be a really exciting brand of basketball next year if you potentially have uh, four starters who are all freshmen, but at the same time, that's not necessarily always a great indicator of success for that year. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Sometimes you can get those guys out there playing maybe more minutes than they're ready for, and, and sometimes that can work out in the short term, but long term when you're getting a lot of these guys' minutes, it, it can sometimes almost backfire a little bit versus playing early and getting the minutes in some sort of rotation that way. So it's going to be interesting no matter what. There's a lot of minutes that are going to need to be filled Talk about the transfer portal. I know Drew wrote up an article with uh, you know some names that Wisconsin might 
Now, these are just, you know, preliminary interest, you know, guys from the state, Jordan McCabe, of course, of transferring, uh, a couple other guys, Isaac Lindsay, you know, all sorts of names that could make sense. Not sure if it's going to end up that way, but guys that are, have ties to the state. And then, like you mentioned, there's, there's the transfer portal seems like it's getting flooded with players. There's got to be someone out there with, with some sort of fit. Wisconsin basketball has, has been pretty active in there. You know, you think about the Michael Potters of the world. You know, he was at Ohio State before that. So it's not like the Badgers don't explore that option. And I would think with a young team, not a ton of experience coming back, you might look for some guys uh, in, in that role. And, and there's going to be guys looking for homes. You know, this new transfer portal that we world that we live in, there there's guys moving all the time. Um, so someone's going to be looking for minutes. The Badgers have plenty of minutes, you would think. I mean, I don't think they want to take on too many guys or too much given that you have this young group that you recruited, you want to see what you've gotten there. But if there's a perfect fit, uh, I could definitely see the Badgers getting out and, uh, and making a run at some of these players out in the portal. For sure, and I, I think you look at I, – I think they're they're okay at, at kind of the wing position, right? Like having having a small forward position, I think they're pretty good there because Tyler Wall can pop up and down that lineup. You've got a guy like Jonathan Davis who can slide up and down the lineup a little bit as well. Matthew Moores slide up and down the lineup a little bit, but but you look at some of the bigs. You've got a seven footer in Stephen Crowell. Um, Crowell, you've got um, Carlson as well. I mean, who knows? I know that there's been a bunch of transfer rumors uh, circulating out there. I don't know how much of that is true, but um, but then you have a bull, bunch of incoming freshmen that could help out as well. But I don't think you have somebody that it's like, yep, that is that's the guy who's going to be your definitive starter at. at the, the center position or one of those forward positions alongside wall. And then at guard, I think it would be nice to have a, a backup point guard or somebody with some experience to, to help out Chucky Hepburn because, well, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player for the Badgers. I, I, he's still a freshman point guard, which is, is exciting. And he's going to do a lot of great things, both on the defensive end and on the offensive end. He's a really good um, peer point guard who can distribute the ball and score. But at the same time, He's still young. He's still very young. And um, to make that leap from Nebraska high school basketball to, boom, Big Ten basketball is, is absolutely huge. So I think he can do it. I think all these young guys are going to be able to make that move. We've seen Jonathan Davis make that move. And, and these guys are coming in just as Harold did on the, in terms of their star ratings and everything. But it, it doesn't change the fact that experience is so valuable in, in college basketball. And you can't have enough guards. We saw Baylor's run in the NCAA tournament so far. That's mostly fueled by their guard play. And that was something that really shifted the balance in that Badger game. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's uh, going to be an interesting spot for, for the Badgers, see how they approach that. I know you mentioned Greg Guard's kind of comments in the transfer portal. That was certainly interesting as well. Um, just to see, you know, how this all shakes out for, for the Badgers in terms of minutes, in terms of rotation, is going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Um, in the coming months, really, you know, this transfer portal is now open. Once March Madness it kind of finishes up, you're going to start seeing uh, a lot of these names uh, start to get picked up, and all of a sudden you maybe get a little bit more clear picture. I know they're still waiting on guys like Brad Davison now. You, I would think it's probably likely that he's gone, but uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation for the Badgers. Um, as they work to the, the next season of college basketball that way. All right, moving on down the line here, we've talked some basketball. We, we talked a little bit about Micah Potter leaving already with, uh, with that group. It seems likely that he's, or he announced that he's done along with the rest of, uh, of that group. Brad Davison's really the one they're waiting on. So we'll move on to men's hockey here. First round of the NCAA tournament starts this afternoon. 
Uh, Wisconsin, the top seed, will take on Bemidji State at noon on ESPN2. Seems like it's been forever since the Big Ten tournament wrapped up. I don't know if that's just me, but it seems like it's been a big gap between those. So it's going to be nice to see those guys back on the ice. If you're listening to do the, to this on Friday, the game's probably going on, so go flip on ESPN2 and watch the batters. But uh, exciting times for men's hockey, of course, after the Women's Hockey National Championship. They're starting their run, and hopefully they can uh, finish with a similar fate. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's very exciting. This Wisconsin team has played phenomenal all year long. And, and I think they, they can make a deep run if they, if they can, can muster up the goals needed to, to win. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's, it's been fascinating to watch how both basketball and men's hockey have kind of staggered their, their start times here mm-hmm. very oddly and, and really allowed uh, it to kind of get pushed to the background and then try to resume it really quickly. And, um, I would have thought that they would have maybe maybe tightened things up a little bit, especially with COVID, where you've got players in in the NCAA tournament in in hockey kind of stuck in specific areas where they're not able to go outside of their hotels and do as much. They're in that pseudo bubble. I, I just would have thought that they would have uh, sped up the process in, in start times here instead of waiting really, I mean, full weeks here before games. Yeah, I mean, I know this is kind of off topic, but I. I completely thought the Sweet 16 was tipping off yesterday when I woke up. I looked at the schedule. I was like, wait, they don't play till Saturday. They're in a bubble. They've been off, you know, some of them, you know, that Illinois and Loyola Chicago game was, was Sunday morning, essentially. And there, Loyola's not playing till Saturday afternoon. So I, I completely thought it started, um, yesterday. I thought we'd have games today, but it's just kind of the world we live in. It, it's interesting. And, and same thing with the NCAA hockey tournament, that Big Ten tournament wrapped up. Yeah, you know, there was a while for the selection show and then, you know, now they're starting up now and, and hopefully, hopefully that doesn't, that pause doesn't, you know, create any sort of rust on these teams. I think this Wisconsin team is just so talented. It's going to be hard to keep them down, but, uh, it's certainly possible that, that any team could come out and have a little bit of a slow start and you can't really afford that. And in college hockey, these tournaments get so intense, you know, any sort of playoff hockey, whether it be in the pros or at the college level is always very intense. I remember that. You know, that women's national championship game was, was like sitting on pins and needles all game long, especially when it's a tight, low-scoring game like that. So hopefully, um, you know, Cole Caulfield and company can come out and uh, and put Bemidji State away uh, early and, and often and then really light the lamp uh, quite a few times on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, there it's been 13 days since they, they last played against Minnesota in that, in that loss that Minnesota just kind of buried them in the flurries in the Big Ten tournament, but I know hockey usually has, you, you go a week, a week without playing, but this is almost two full weeks mm-hmm. without playing. So, but I do think in all having that, that downtime coming off of a loss, it allows you to kind of really reflect, look back at how well you played this season. And, and I think it also does help the teams that are just more talented and Wisconsin in this case, at least in the regular season with the more talented team than Bemidji State. We'll see if that uh, plays out when they actually go in, what, three hours from now? Yep, yep. Should be a fun one to watch uh, on noon uh, at noon on ESPN2. So, yeah, like you guys said, if you're listening to this in the afternoon, make sure to go check out the results. Hopefully it ends in a, in a win for Wisconsin that way. Moving on down the line here, <laughs> volleyball cannot catch a break. They had a pretty strong performance against Minnesota. It didn't look like the best they have, um, you know, in, in weeks past. Of course, they were, had that long COVID layoff, um, so you, you kind of expected them to have a little bit of rust. Still came out and played pretty well uh, against Minnesota. 
We're hoping to keep it at rolling into the weekend against Penn State, but uh, as we saw from Kelly Sheffield's cryptic Twitter yesterday, it sounds like the uh, the matches for this weekend against Penn State are off due to uh, COVID cases um, with the Nittany Lions. So really a tough break. They just get back. Momentum was kind of getting back on their side, and unfortunately for the Badgers, once again, the matches are canceled. So this team really has really the worst luck because it's not like they're have thankfully they're not having COVID issues themselves anymore uh but the opponents they seem like whichever one they're getting at the time is getting caught with uh COVID issues so it's a really big bummer I know everyone was looking forward to for them to get back to normal action that way yeah I mean they've played one time in the past month which is just <laughs> absurd um hopefully hopefully the the Michigan games go off without a hitch uh at the beginning of April Thursday and Friday, the first and second, and because really this volleyball team is so talented. They're 11-0 on the year. They've played so well all season long, and they have so much depth that I think this is a season where you would expect them to to go ahead and make that run, be one of the unquestioned top teams for, for a national title, and to have this midseason lull, it, it could potentially change your your aspirations. It could knock you out of your rhythm. They only have two more games or two more matches here left, and and hopefully uh, they can they can get back and, and and do it because UW Fieldhouse has been empty for quite some time now outside of practices, and I know for a fact that this volleyball team is definitely ready to get back out there. Yeah, I'd have to imagine they're hungry to be playing some games. You know, this team is so talented for fans; they're so fun to watch. I mean, it's really a disappointment when you get, when you don't get to, and especially when you finally get it back, you're thinking that they can hopefully get some games strung together, and once again, it's taken away. But uh, I think it's just it'll add to the resiliency of this team as you get into an eventual, you know, the NCAA tournament that way. I think this team, while maybe not playing as many games, will still be battle-tested. They've got a lot of experience, so it doesn't hurt them as bad, but there's still play, new players that they've worked in. You know, some not as familiar names. Obviously, there's the names that everybody knows, but there's some other guys who want to get into the rotation that way. So it's going to be uh, an interesting finish for them, and, and hopefully they can get back to normal for these last couple matches and, and see them on the court soon. Because when they're playing and they're playing well, they are, are really fun to watch and I think can, can make a really deep run at this thing. Yeah, without a doubt. They're, the talent's there. It, it's similar to the to the men's hockey team here where mm-hmm. their talent's there. They've got to have had a long way over. Now it's just about making sure that there's not rust. You're going out and you're taking care of your business because that's all you can really do in, especially with the circumstances. All right. That wraps up our volleyball conversation. So before we get into football guys, let's do a couple quick ad reads and then we'll get into that longer conversation. All right. Some football talk, Wisconsin, Finished up their coaching staff. They hired Gary Brown as the new running backs coach, of course, replacing John Settle, who left for Kentucky just a couple. It feels like, again, forever ago that that happened. But uh, Gary Brown fills the role, formerly with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, last season was not with the team. He spent uh, last year actually battling cancer, but has been cleared to coach. So great to hear for him in terms of health. And for the Badgers, I, I think this is a home run hire. I mean, you needed someone that was going to be able to come in um, and really coach up players. He's got NFL experience as a player, as a coach. Um, so that's always good for a, for an assistant Wisconsin to come with that sort of background, you know, coaching some really talented guys at the pro level, having experience playing at that level. So I think the Badgers knocked it out of the park with this one. It was going to be a tough one to replace a guy like John Settle, who's done a great job. But I, I think the Badgers did about as well as they can do with Gary Brown. 
Yeah, I would, I would, I would say you look at everything that John Settle did and he has an amazing track record in terms of what he's done with Wisconsin backs and putting them into the league and the sheer output of rushing yards that Wisconsin has had. But, but you also, you look at what he's done, Gary Brown, that is, uh, in, in the NFL with DeMarco Murray winning a rushing title in 2014, Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 and 2018 winning rushing titles. Um, even Peyton Hillis, uh, who, who is not necessarily your traditional running back in the NFL in terms of explosiveness. And it's, it's wild. He, he has a, just a phenomenal career in, in the NFL and had some time in, at Rutgers as well. So, I, th- I think Wisconsin got a really good person, really good coach that should really elevate this running back room. You saw an outpouring of support from people all over the country that have have ties to him, that have um, that are former Wisconsin running backs. You've got Brian Calhoun, you've got incoming running backs like Royal Crawford. So it seems like the team overall is pretty jazzed up about it and. I don't know how you couldn't be considering you've got a guy who's beaten cancer twice and then has has also just had uh, amazing success in the NFL with with some of the best backs and um, really the only reason he he did not come back and did not have a job in the NFL last year was because he had off the field concerns that he was taking care of in terms of his health. So wow, I think overall you people should be very excited about his hire. Yeah, it really worked out well for the Badgers um, in that regard because someone, you know, if if he didn't take that time off for himself, someone I think would have definitely swooped him up last year when when John Settle was still there with Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, unfortunate that he had to battle those offseason issues, but for the Badgers, it's it's a nice, you know, it works out well for both sides because I think he'll come in and really give this position. I mean, if you're loyal, Crawford, Antoine Roberts, Jalen Berger, one of the younger guys, all of a sudden you get to learn from a guy that's coached. You know, NFL rushing leaders played in the NFL, played at the collegiate level is, I think, would be, a, you know, an opportunity where you're looking at your chops, you know, getting to learn from someone like that. Like you said, the beating cancer twice, you have to be a great motivator and a strong leader in that regard just to be able to battle through that. So I think the the running back room is getting a guy that is really going to elevate them to uh, to another level. Uh, of course, you've had really strong runners at Wisconsin the, the past few years, Jonathan Taylor, one of them, but... Um, I think this this hire is is going to be really important not only for the the long term of the Wisconsin running back but really for the short term. I mean, spring practice is, is next week. You've got a lot of young guys coming into this group that you know Jalen Berger last year played a good amount, but still a young guy. I mean, really kind of had the training wheels on a little bit last year. 15 touches, 15 carries. You know, pretty much every game he was he wasn't that you know bell cow type guy that they were leaning on. That'll have to be probably this year. So it's going to be important to have a, a running back coach in there that has experience to get these guys ready for a college football season because there's going to be plenty of carries to get and some inexperience at that running back room. So I think it'll pay dividends to have a coach there that you can really rely on in that running back room. For sure. And, and who knows what his future aspirations are in terms of getting back to the NFL or anything like that. You run that risk with any great hire. And so I think that's something that this is a, this is a, a phenomenal bring in by Paul Christ. He used another, some of his loose ties with Jason Garrett to bring, to make this happen and, and really give the, give, um, Brown another chance because otherwise you look at kind of how the lay of the land is right now 
with the NFL, a lot of those jobs have already been gobbled up. So he was, he was probably going to be sitting out another year or maybe look into a different college spot. So I think it's great. The big question now remaining is going to be recruiting. He hasn't recruited in some time. You look at his career, eight years playing in the NFL, over a decade plus in the NFL as a coach. So most of his, his ties are there, but, but he's also from Pennsylvania, played at Penn State. Maybe that can help them out with a guy like Nicholas Singleton, who's who's from the state of mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, one of the top running backs, who's already locked in an official visit with the Badgers. I think they're running behind right now for his services, but he appears to be their number one target in that running back room. Maybe he has some connections there and can, can bolster their chances to try to take down Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State in that recruitment. But I, I think that's going to be something to watch. I know John Settle wasn't necessarily known for his recruiting chomps either. He had multiple seasons where it wasn't that great. Um, uh, but at the same time, he, he, this guy seems like he has the understanding and the, the communication style that's going to really be great for players. And now it's just a matter of getting them in some rooms and on the recruiting trail as well. Yeah, I think that's all going to be really important to watch for. Wisconsin, of course, has a strong track record to, to lean on in that regard, but you still have to have someone in there that, that's able to go in and, and make that pitch for Wisconsin, and I think Gary Brown has all the capabilities to do it. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, of him you know, getting to Wisconsin, you know, coaching up the room now and, and getting on that recruiting trail. All of those are really important for those position coaches. That's the definitely the main focus and, and something to keep an eye on as you go forward with this new hire. But I, I think right now it looks like a really strong hire for the batters as they move into this 2021 season. All right, that wraps up the running back talk. Let's get into our position preview review. I understand there's been a kind of a long delay but or a long gap between the last one with the end of basketball, like I said, uh, March Madness, all of that. It just kind of had the focus there. But before we get to spring practice, we'll cap off. Um, the review position um, and the review for next year. Quarterback was a, a not really a point of contention. You know, of course, he didn't have Jack Cohn the entire season. He went down with a foot injury. Of course, has now transferred to Notre Dame. Graham Mertz came in last year, had that phenomenal game against Illinois to start, and then from there kind of had some growing pains. I think that's more than fair to say. I don't think it was just him. The offense was certainly you know, struggling at times. He had to run over to the sideline to get all the plays. So it's it was just kind of a mess last year at that quarterback room and, and position. So our, I know right now we're putting out articles on Bucky Smith quarter about who's going to benefit from spring practice. I think the entire quarterback room and offensive staff is, is going to benefit from being able to get back and hopefully get that ironed out. And I'm sure Graham Mertz will benefit from it as well. But Looking back at last year, of course, you, you had Mertz thrown in there. You saw the growing pains. What did you make of the quarterback room um, for all of last season? I thought overall he played pretty damn well, considering the weapons that he had around him. He had just about everybody at one point or another unable to go. Uh, starting wide receivers, you had starting running backs changing in and out of the lineup due to COVID. So I, I think – you look at that, you look at the offensive line, um, having some, some, uh, pass blocking issues as well. There was some questionable play calling decisions going on, all sorts of things happening for this kid. And I think he was put in a position where he had to press a little bit and try to make things happen at times that just weren't there. And, uh, um, I think that was part of the reason he threw five interceptions in, in a, 
just under 200 attempts, which isn't that bad in terms of the rate of interceptions. But I think you really look at it. You take out that Illinois game, and his stats look very different. But um, that was also one of the only the only game he had before he had his own COVID pause that that knocked him out of his rhythm. That's multiple weeks unable to practice, unable to be with his teammates, unable to be in the in the room, knowing kind of what's going on all the time outside of a Zoom. So I think overall, big picture, I thought he played really well. Um, uh, I think he could have played better. I think that he could have been put into a position to play better as well, though. And so I think next year we're going to see a, a big jump from him, especially with Paul Chris now taking over the reins as the quarterback's coach, really taking over the reins additionally as the offensive coordinator. I think those are two big, um, big messages being put in place there. And I would imagine that, that Paul Christ is going to work specifically with Graham Mertz, much like he did with Jonathan Taylor this spring. Um, if you remember Jonathan Taylor back to back springs, Chris took a, a very keen interest in helping him on the side working individually. I would anticipate that Chris is going to be heavily involved with the quarterbacks this spring and with the offense getting back to, to the basics and really helping Mertz focus on what he can control and then unleashing the, um, the raw skill he has because he, there's a reason he was a top 100 recruit, one of the best quarterbacks to ever come in in the, in the program because he's got the talent. Oh yeah, no doubt. He's got all the capabilities. We've seen even those capabilities. That Illinois game, he was phenomenal. It was there. I, I think, like you mentioned, there's a, there's a whole host of things that you can kind of pin on, pin last year on. Graham Merch didn't play his best. Most certainly he can play better. We've seen him play better in that Illinois game. Uh, you, know, you talk about the COVID issues. That was hard on everyone. Injuries, the offense, uh, in terms of play calling, coaching, it was all just a mess. So I think in terms of spring football, it, it's going to benefit them to be able to work out those kinks, get some of the, all of that figured out, ironed out, where Graham Merch hopefully can come in next year with uh, some of that figured out and, and hopefully have a season that – I think we'll see, like you mentioned, a big elevation in his game in terms of where he was last year. It's hard to really get a read on on anything this past season. You know, Alabama goes on to win the national championship. Not all that surprising, but I think a lot of programs around the country treated last year as kind of a extended spring. Of course, you want to win the games and you want to compete in bowls and stuff like that, but uh, for Wisconsin, especially late in the year, they got to see what they had from some of these guys. And now a normal spring practice and getting back to normal – I think we'll benefit a lot of guys, but I would say maybe number top one, two, or three on the list in terms of guys that will benefit is going to be Graham Mertz because it's going to get back to normal. He's going to work with Paul Chris in that quarterback room, and, and as the offensive coordinator now, um, you're going to have hopefully your weapons back, and I think next year you'll see a, a much better and, and more consistent Graham Mertz, similar to what we saw in that Illinois game. I'm not going to say he's going to come out and have one incompletion every single game and throw for that many touchdowns, but I think you'll see a more consistent play from him versus, you know, you know, the highs and lows that you saw last year. For sure. And, and I think having Danny Davis back, having Kendrick Pryor back, and then also an added year of development and rapport mm-hmm. built with some of those freshmen, Devin Chandler, Jim Ray DK, some of those younger guys who are going to have the opportunity to bloom and see more playing time this year as well should only help them. You've got, you've got Jake Ferguson hopefully healthy and able to go uh, fully as well. And so that where defense, maybe a guy like Jalen Franklin 
can can emerge at at tight end as well as somebody who can help you out, split out a bit, use that size. So I think you've got incoming freshmen, you've got all sorts of things that should help him. And I think maybe the most important thing is having Jalen Berger because last season Garrett Groshek played admirably at times. I think Nakia Watson was was just had a hard time reading the the defense at um, most of the year, and because of that, couldn't muster much on the ground. Julie, um, Jalen Berger is, is a good player that's going to be your starter out there at running back and having a dynamic athlete that can run the ball, catch the ball out of the backfield and, and really help you out, know that he's going to be there game in and game out and, and not, uh, have to deal with hopefully COVID issues in 2021. It should be in a good, Mertz should be in a good spot with all those weapons around him compared to basically everything falling apart and him having to shoulder most of the load last season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. To, to kind of focus in on on this next season, is there something that you saw in Mertz's game that you think is is maybe something that he's going to focus on improving this spring ball and into fall? Because there's a lot of outside factors, but what can Graham Mertz really do in your eyes to to get better as a passer coming into next year? Like I said, he he can make any throw on the field. It's just understanding that he doesn't need to always make the heroic throw mm-hmm. and use his go through his progressions and and take what the defense gives him. That was something that Jack Cohn did so good at. And I know that Jack Cohn would quickly sometimes go through his progressions and just take the check down. But Mertz has a little bit better arm strength where he can make some more throws down the field. I think the biggest thing for him is just understanding, take what the defense gives you, know when to take your shots and and go through those progressions. The the other big thing is is hopefully Wisconsin will have their signs figured out and not use the exact same signs as the year before so that teams can steal. So basically just running a huddle, running in and out, getting the play in and out from from the sideline, that will make it so that in between plays he's not having to run over, talk, do that, run back. That leave, that takes away a lot of time to check in with teammates, to, to make reads about who the defense is subbing in. And, and really analyze everything. So hopefully the game slows down from him, but I think the biggest thing is just going through his progressions, trusting what he's seeing, and then letting it rip because I think there was times last year where he would make his read coming out of the huddle and, and say, that's going to be the guy. I'm going to throw to Jake Ferguson here because that's what this this route is, is what should be open against this cover too. If it's not there, he didn't have the the necessary steps to say, okay, I can, I, my next key is this. Okay. I'm going to go here. I don't, instead he tucked it and ran and that's not his game. He's not a running quarterback. And I know that that was something that the staff told him, but really focusing on those, those, uh, progressions is going to be big for him. Yeah. I think that's going to be huge. I mean, you look at it in terms of arm, you know, it's not something where he needs to work on the, the downfield ball. He's got that throw in terms of accuracy. He's got, you know, the short throws. It's more so about developing, I, I think, for him as a quarterback. I think that offensive stuff will will really be a big factor. You think about the time that some of these quarterbacks in college football get. You know, if you're if you're running the, a spread no huddle offense, you're getting up to the line, you're looking over to the sidelines, and you've got 25, 30 seconds to to read a defense and take a look around before snapping the football. For Graham Mertz, he didn't have that. I don't think people realize how big of an impact that can have. He was running to the sidelines. Get in the play. Maybe you don't hear something right. You got to ask again. You got to run back. You got to relay that. Then you've got to get to the line and snap it. That's not something that I think is going to work well in the long term for college football in general. So hopefully the Badgers get that ironed out. 
and that'll allow Mertz to, yeah, get back to basics, read the defense, make the throw. He's got the, all the capabilities in terms of arm talent. It's now just a matter of, of growing as a player and, and progressing that way. And I think we'll see that just given a normal spring and a normal fall and some of those issues getting corrected. So you can't shoulder all the blame on everyone else. And, you know, Graham Mertz can certainly play better, but I think there's going to be a lot of factors that will make this offense you know, run more like a well-oiled machine than they did last year, which was kind of just a, a clunker year on and off. Yeah, it was a it was a hodgepodge mess, and and part of that was on Mertz, like you mentioned. But I I think really having Chris taking a, a specific eye to the quarterbacks and play calling is going to make a world of difference. Let Jim Leonard run the defense. Chris was a a great play caller when he was an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He was great play caller right away when he's a head coach. Um, it seemed like passing off the baton did not work, and I'm excited to kind of see what he can do. Uh, if I can see a few more tight end middle screens, I'm going to be so excited. Sign us up. <laughs> Sign us up for sure. All right, guys, well, that wraps up our little rundown Friday podcast, so uh, make sure you guys enjoy Wisconsin hockey this week. We'll be back with you next week um, on Monday. Um, we'll, we'll talk some spring football, kind of do some Position battles that we're interested in as that gets underway. Um, we'll probably only have one show next week as I'll be gone um, for the rest of the week after we put that one out. We may have a, an exciting interview that we're working on as well. Um, so it should be a fun little episode next week as well to, to get fo- spring football started. I know everyone across the country is excited to see their respective programs in spring, and I know for myself um, I'm really excited to see what the Badgers can do. So we'll dive into some of that next week. Thank you guys, as always, for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.